Chapter One of Babu Jabberjee, B.A. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Phil Schneider. Babu Jabberjee, B.A. by F. Anstey. Chapter One. Introductory letter from Babu Jabberjee. To the Honorable Punch. Venerable and ludicrous sir, permit me most respectfully to bring beneath your notice a proposal which I serenely anticipate will turn up trumps under the fructifying sunshine of your esteemed approbation. Sir, I am able B.A. of a respectable Indian university, now in this country for purposes of being crammed through inns of court and law exam, and rendering myself a completely fledged pleader or barrister in the native bar of the high court. Since my sojourn here, I have accomplished the laborious perusal of your transcendent and tip-top periodical and hoity-toity. I am like a duck in thunder with admiring wonderment at the drollishness and jocosity with which your paper is ready to burst in its pictorial department. But, alack, when I turn my critical attention to the literary contents, I am met with a lamentable deficiency and no great shakes, for I note there the fly in the ointment, and hiatus valde de flendus, to wit, the utter absenteeism of a correct and classical style in English composition. To the highly educated native gentleman who searches your printed articles, hoping fondly to find himself in a well of English pure and undefiled, it proves merely to fish in the air. Conceive, sir, the disgustful result to one saturated to the skin of his teeth in best English masterpieces of immaculate and moderate good prose extracts and dramatic passages, published with notes for the use of the native student, at weltering in a hutch-pot and hurly-burly of arbitrarily distorted and very vulgarized cockneydoms and purely London provincialities, which must be of necessity to him as casting pearls before a swine. And I have the honor to inform you of a number of cultivated lively young native B.A.s, both here and in my country, who are quite capable to appreciate really fine writing, and sonoriferous periods if published in your paper, and which would infallibly result in a feather in your cap, and bring increase of grit to the mill. If, honored sir, you feel disposed to bolster yourself up with the wet blanket of a non-possumus, and reply to me that your existing quill-drivers are too fat-witted and shallow-pated for the production of more pretentiously polished lubrications, I, not even if they burn the night-light oil and hear the chimes at midnight, I will not be hoodwinked by the superficiality of your cui bono, and shall make you the answer that I am willing, for an exceedingly paltry honorarium, to rush into the Gordian knot, and write you the most superior essays on every conceivable and inconceivable subject under the sun, as per enclosed samples, 
which I forward respectfully for your delightful and golden opinions, guaranteeing faithfully that all of your readers in every hemisphere and postal district will fall in love with such a new departure and fresh tack. The specimens I send are not my best, only very ordinary and humdrum affairs, but expede herculem, honorable sir, and you will see how transcendentally superior are even such poor effusions compared to the fiddle-faddle and gem-crack style of articles with which you are being fobbed off by puzzle-headed and self-opinionated nincompoops. I can also turn out rhymed poetry after models of poets Tennyson, Cowper, Mrs. Haymans, Southey and Co., done to a tittle, so as not to be detected, even by the cynosure as mere spurious imitation, but in every respect up to the mark, and the real Simon Pure. Therefore, honorable sir, do not hesitate to strike while the iron is incandescent, and bleed freely, even if it should be necessary, prior to engaging your humble petitioner's services, to turn out one or more of your present contributioners, crop and heels, and lay them on the shelf of their own incompetencies. Remember that the slightest act of volition on your part can exalt my pecuniary status to the skies, as well as confer distinguished and unparagoned ennoblement upon your Catholic scribendi. I remain respectfully, sir, your most obsequious servant, Hori Bongsho Jabardi, B.A. P.S. and N.B. Being so unacquainted with the limner's art, I cannot at present undertake the etching of caricatures et hoc genus omne. However, if such is your will, honorable sir, I will take the cow by the horns, after preliminary course of instruction at government art school, all expenses, etc., to be defrayed on the nail out of your purse of Fortunatus, seeing that your esteemed correspondent is so hard up between two stools that he is reduced to a choice of Hudson's horse. Mr. Jabberjee apologizes for the unambitious scope of his work, sundry confidences, criticisms, and complaints. When I first received intimation from the supernal and spanking hand of Honorable Mr. Punch, that he smiled with fatherly benignity at my humble request that he should offer himself as a regular poorly paid contributor, I blessed my stars, and was as if to jump over the moon for jubilation and spritefulness. But hi-ho, Sergita Mari Aliquid, and his condescending patronage, was dolefully alloyed with the inevitable dash of bitters which, as poet Shakespeare remarks, withers the galled jade when, until it winces. <sighs> For with an iron heel has Honorable Mr. P. declined sundry essays of enormous length and importance, composed in Addisonian, Johnsonian, and Gibbonian phraseology on assorted topics, such as love, civilization, matrimony, superstition, is courage a virtue or vice versa? 
and has recommended me instead to devote my pen to quite ephemeral and fugacious topics and merely commit to paper such reflections critical opinions and experiences as may turn up in the pot-luck of my daily career what wonders that on reading such a sine qua non an ultimatum my vox faucibus hasit and stuck in my gizzard with bashful sleepishness for how to convulse the thames and set it on fire and all agog with amazement at the humdrum incidents of so very ordinary an existence as mine which is spent in the diligent study of roman common international and canonical law from morn to dewy eye in the lecture-hall or the library of my inn and as soon as the shades of night are falling fast in returning to my domicilium at ladbrook grove with the undeviating punctuality of a tick however being above all things desirous not to let slip the golden opportunity and pocket the root of all evil i decided to let my diffidence go to the wall and boldly record every jot and tittle however humdrum with the critical reflections and censorious observations arising therefrom remembering that though the fabulous and mountain-engendered mouse was no doubt at the time considered but a fiasco and flash in the pan by its maternal progenitor nevertheless that same identical mouse rendered yeomanry servants at a subsequent period to the lion involved in the compromising intricacies of a landing net benevolent reader de te fabula narratum perchance the mousy bantlings of my insufficient brain may nibble away the cords of prejudice and exclusiveness now encircling many highly respectable british lions be not angry with me therefore if in the character of a damned but good-natured friend i venture on occasions to hint dislike and hesitate disgust the majestic and magnificent matron under whose aegis i reside for twenty rupees per week is of lofty lineage though fallen from that high estate into the peck of troubles and compelled owing to severely social disposition to receive a number of small and select boarders like jephthah in the play of hamlet she has one fair daughter and no more a bewitching and well-proportioned damsel as fine as a five-pence or a may-day queen notwithstanding this when i summon up my courage to address her she receives my laborious politeness with a chachination like that of a cheshire cheese which strikes me all of a heap her female parent excuses to me such flabbergasting demeanour on the plea that her daughter is afflicted with great shyness and maidenly modesty but on perceiving that she can be skittish and genial in the company of other masculines i am forced to attribute her contumeliousness to the circumstance that i am a native gentleman of a dark complexion 
In addition, I have the honor to inform you of further specimens of this inurbanity and baddishness from officials who are perfect strangers to the writer. Each morning I journey through the subterranean bowels of the earth to the temple, and on a recent occasion, when I was descending the stairs in haste to pop into the train, lo and behold, just as I reached the gate, it was shut in my nose by the churlishness of the jack-in-office. At which, stung to the quick, at so unprovoked and unpremeditated an affront, I accosted him severely through the bars of the wicket, demanding sarcastically, Is this your boasted British jurisprudence? The savage heart of the collector was moved by my expostulation, and he consented to open the gate and imprint a perforated hold on my ticket. But alack, his repentance was a day after the fair, for the train had already taken its hook into the Sumerian gloom of a tunnel. When the next train arrived, I, waiting prudently until it was quiescent, stepped into a compartment, wherein I was dismayed and terrified to find myself alone with an individual and two lively young terriers which barked minaciously at my legs. But I, with much presence of mind, protruded my head from the window, vociferating to those upon the platform, Let me out! Let me out! Fighting dogs are here! and they met my appeal with unmannerly jeerings until the controller of the train, seeing that I was firm in upholding my dignity of British subject, and claiming my just rights, unfastened the door and permitted me to escape. But while I was yet in search of a compartment where no canine elements were in the manger, the train was once more in motion, and I, being no daredevil to take such leap into the dark, was a second time left behind, and a loser of two trains. Moreover, though I have written a humbly indignant petition to the honorable directors of the company, pointing out loss of time and inconvenience through incivility, and asking them for small pecuniary compensation, they have assumed the rhinoceros hide, and nilled my request with dry eyes. But I shall make the further complaint, that, even when making every effort to do the civil, the result is up to kill with kindness, and, as King Charles I, when they were shuffling off his mortal coil, politely apologized for the unconsciousable long time that his head took to decapitate, so I, too, must draw attention to the fact that the duration of formal ceremonious visits is far too protracted and long drawn out. Crede Experto A certain young English gentleman dwelling in the temple, whose acquaintance I have formed, earnestly requested that I should do him the honor of a visit, and recently, wishing to be hail-fellow well met, I presented myself before him at nine-thirty a.m. He greeted me with effusion, 
shaking me warmly by the hand and begging me to be seated and making many inquiries whether i preferred india to england and what progress i was making in my studies etc and so forth all of which i answered faithfully to the best of my abilities after that he addressed me by fits and starts and longo intervallo yet displaying so manifest and absorbent a delight in my society that he could not bring himself to terminate the audience while i was to conceal my immense wearisomeness and the ardent desire i had conceived to leave him and thus he detained me there hour after hour until five minutes past one p m when he recollected with many professions of chagrin that he had an appointment to take his tiffin and dismissed me inviting me cordially to come again if however it is expected of me that i can devote three hours and a half to ceremonial civilities i must respectfully answer with a nolo episcopari for my time is more precious than rubies and so i will beg not only mr meladu esquire barrister-at-law but all other anglo-saxon friends and their families to accept this as a verbum sap and wink to a blind horse end of chapter one